Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast, where the best in the business bring you the best in fitness, nutrition, wellness, and overall, making you the best athlete of all time. We're host Coach P and his fellow coaches, Kayla, Destiny, Jen, and Ian, take you on a path to greatness. Let's get on with our guest and let's have a great time. Let's roll. Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Coach P. We are loving our new take on leadership and wanting to do our best to show coaches how to be coached. And when it comes to one of these individuals that I've had the pleasure of knowing these past few months through NLCA, there is no one better than to talk about how you transfer over from one aspect of life to a completely different one and what it means to be an awesome leader. She's the CEO of Alive. Her name is Ashley. Ashley, Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super stoked to be on. Now, tell me a little bit quickly, just as an introduction of yourself, what is Alive? Where did Alive come from? Um, how did it get its name? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, gosh, no pun intended, but it's evolved over the years. Um, and, uh, <laughs> see what I did there? Um, so yeah, I actually struggled with, it started with my own journey. I struggled with um, getting into law enforcement and uh, putting on a ton of weight. I'm only 5'5", five five and I gained 50 pounds very quickly living off of fast food, driving around in my car all day. No um, you would never whoop. know. Look, looking at you, I'd be like, is she lying? Is she bullshitting us? Like, <laughs> Oh, I have the photos that are very deep, uh, very deep. <laughs> and we'll stay there probably. But um, only my closest clients gets, gets to look at those. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it was, it was pretty bad. My mental health was starting to decline with the types of calls I was seeing and I was tired of it. So I actually reached out to a coach who was actually coaching with an LCA at the time, Sam Warren was strongest you. And, um, I was like, okay, I need help because I am eating no food anymore, not losing any weight. And I'm struggling. Like I hate this. Um, so through my own journey with her, um, she helped me learn what the heck a reverse diet was and how to eat, how to eat more food and take care of myself without being burnt out. And I fell in love with the process and that's what led me to start coaching myself. I love that, Ashley. That is, that's awesome. And I feel like so many people have similar stories in particular ways and what they go through to just initiate that spark that says, Hey, I got to make a change. And so if you could take us all the way back, has, did you have any experience with, cause you, you were law enforcement, so you had to have some athletic ability. And so where did you start, you know, before all of this happened, before your life changing experiences, what was your life, you know, through adolescence, through teenage years, were you into fitness? Did you like playing sports? What was your initial experiences with the health and fitness world before you got into law enforcement and why law enforcement? Yeah, so that is a that's loaded. Um, so depending on how deep how deep you want to get into it, we'll we'll go for it. Um, yeah, so I was um always average at best with athletics, but I was good on the team because I was I played softball. Um, and so I was I was average, but because I worked damn hard to even be average, and that's sad. But it is what it is, you know. I I wasn't the one who was like naturally coordinated or anything like that, and so. Um, I definitely struggled with my weight. I am adopted, um, by my dad. So my two half sisters, they grew up obviously like very tan. You can tell I am not that 
dark hair. Um, so very just, they have, I mean, they could sit around, eat chips all day and have a six pack of abs. Um, no problem. I struggled with my weight. And so coming from that aspect and being adopted, um, I comparison was the thief of my joy for sure. I really struggled with eating disorders growing up, um, wow. struggled with anorexia in high school and, and I'm, I'm very candid about this. So don't feel like you have to tiptoe around the conversation at all. Um, therapy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, therapy has helped me get to where I am, but no, uh, yeah, I struggled with, uh, struggled with anorexia and then in college that changed over to a binging disorder and, um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of my journey. It was never really, um, never really a healthy one. It was always one extreme to the other, um, and very mentally troubling too. And my body just got put through the ringer with it. Damn. And so, and it's, it's, you know, interesting how you went through so many things and how many experiences that you can offer other people and having insights in. So I, I used to actually consult with individuals with anorexia nervosa and bulimia, and I actually teach about oh, okay. it at the university. And that's rough. That's for lack of a better word. That's rough shit to go through. Um, I have never met, you know, and I, I really feel for this subpopulation of individuals because they just, it's a really hard disorder to get through. And so, and I, I, you know, care about these people. And when you see it happening, especially at the university level, you just like, you have to be so careful with how you approach it, but you just want to like go over there and be like, let me save you. But it's just like, here's a burger. Oh my God. <laughs> but that's what I'm no. like inside. But, but it's scary because, you know, and as you probably know, when you try to talk to individuals that struggle with these issues, it's one ear and out the other. And that's how mm -hmm. scary and it, it was is. for me. It, it was for me for a long time. And it, it wasn't until I had a medical event that my mom was like, okay, we're not doing it your way anymore. We're, we're going, you're getting some help. And that's where uh, we started to see a little bit of a shift ish, but that's where it started. Awesome. Yeah. So from, from that point, well, awesome. Not that you had to go through that, but yeah. what was, what was I'm, the next stages where, how did you get from now overcoming your child? How did you overcome your challenges with eating disorders? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it, like I said, came from in the high school years came from just having like some sense of control and wanting to feel like I belonged in my family at the time. Um, and, you know, and then it, um, it, I don't know, it shifted. And I think with, especially with binging, I was trying to overcompensate too much, right? I was like, okay, I have this newfound freedom around food and I'm allowing myself to eat these things. But then I was going way overboard because I knew, you know, I was going to go into this restrict mode where I was like, okay, dang, I've, I can't fit into like my bathing suits for spring break anymore, you know, and I would go back and forth. And what that boiled down to was when I got my coach, I learned the fundamentals of nutrition, like through all the programs I was in, the therapy and stuff, I no one ever taught me. No one ever taught me like what the heck a macro was, like why protein was beneficial and how that can like, how you can manipulate it to change your body and like what's going on with it. And so that was the, that was a changing point for me was education was learning like, okay, you know, whereas some people might think macros are very limiting for me, macros were freedom. I got to like, eat pizza I got to eat you know along with like really whole foods and things like that and not feel guilty about it anymore because shoot my muscles were growing I was leaning out I was feeling really good and it was it, freedom is the best way to describe it that is that's amazing Ashley and I'm I'm so glad that you were able to get on that path and I'm sure that's something that's helped you be able to identify and help others that you work with at Alive 
And so from that point on, how did you go from overcoming now an eating disorder to becoming a badass Lara Croft, you know, kind of enforcement officer here? How the hell did that happen? You went complete 180. You said eating disorder, Angel May. Now I'm just going to be a badass and kick the shit out of criminals. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. So funny enough, I got to college and I was like, I want to help people. I know I want to do something with that. Um, I changed my major a few times. I started out in education and I was like, no, absolutely not. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, and it was early childhood education and I cuss way too much to be around small children all day. Um, so I was like, <laughs> not, not okay. Um, and so I was like, okay, like I like science and things like that. So maybe I'll go into nursing. Well, loved everything about it uh, until I hit microbiology and I failed out of it. And I was like, this shit blows. So I was like, no, not doing micro. I'm not doing nursing. Um, and I was like, okay, forensics. CSI is really cool. Maybe I'll get into that. And then I did an internship with a um, criminal investigations division. So a bunch of detectives. And I was like, wait, being the one to actually respond to these scenes, freaking cool. And so while I was in college, I worked as a 911 dispatcher and uh, hearing some of those phone calls you would get, I just had such a pull to be on the scene. Like it sucked that I was, I was sending people out there to help and I didn't know what the resolution was. Like, I didn't know what happened. I was like, okay, I want to do that. So my chief uh, promoted me to police officer, sent me to the to the academy, and uh, I got smoked for a few months so I could go and <laughs> go and work on the streets. And it was a uh, it was a wild ride, and I loved every bit of it. I got to be on our high risk warrant division team. Um, I was the I was a small one, and let me tell you. Um, they knew I was a small one. They, I'd hear Kessler and I'd get sent up into attics or I'd get, <laughs> I'd be, I was quick too. So if someone wanted to take off on foot, I was going after them in full SWAT gear. So I, I was like, Oh my I'm God. Like, <laughs> I know. So funny. It's, it's How funny heavy was people. your equipment? So I got some cool things for you. So first I work with the police cadets at the DOCJT in Kentucky, where we do research on, postural-related assessments, strength training assessments, cardiovascular assessments, like we do it all. And we do load carriage that actually shows how high your VO2 max needs to be to wear this shit. How heavy was your armor? Yeah, like uh, full SWAT gear was like 50 pounds, 50 to 60 pounds. Oh, God. Is it is it nothing but Kevlar? Do you have helmets on in SWAT too? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I just yeah. imagine a little mini Mega Man, Mega Woman walk, running around. <laughs> After um, and you know, like lawsuits are a part of the part of the job because everyone's too happy these days. Um, I would get named as a man in every lawsuit. It was like Mr. Kessler, and I'm like, mm -hmm, they're gonna be real surprised when they see I was the one who threw them in those zip tie handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It, it was a it was a fun time. No, it was uh, it was good. But I realized, like, I was watching um, one of the things that really lit my fire, especially as I was like putting on weight. You know, some of these guys, it, even being a female, you know, I never wanted to be seen as like the weaker one. And so I was like, okay, I got to get my shit together. So uh, I started training really hardcore so I could fit in, so I could do as many pull ups, so I could beat the guys in the push ups and outrun them and be faster. So they never had to look at me and be like, shit, she's going to be my backup. Cause we all had those people on our shift who we were like, ew, you can just leave. Like, you're not going to help me here. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to run with the best of them. That's awesome, Ashley. Super, super cool. 
Now, did you guys have specific types of training regimens and everything that you had to go through or PT? What is it that you guys had to do to stay in shape and still be at the caliber that you needed to for squat? Yeah, so we had, um, it was kind of like a like an obstacle course, I guess. The Georgia has like a, a standard. And so to be able to be a police officer in general, you have to be able to get through this obstacle course in a certain amount of time. While to be on SWAT and do that, you have to be able to do that but in all of your gear, um, which sucked. Um, whenever oh we had to have claws, we were like, crap. So they would make us do the fitness part first, and then we'd have to go shoot in. And you have to shoot in at a much higher accuracy level than just general road cops because you're in these high-risk situations sometimes in apartments or wherever where you have to be extremely accurate with your firearms. And so, Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So what challenge? So what challenges did you go through? Not only in the preparation to like, I'm I'm super interested in, in this aspect That's of everything that you it. did. Like, how, what kind of challenges did you have with the preparation for getting in shape for these things? And were there any mental challenges and everything? And I'm sure we'll get into that aspect of just being law enforcement in general here in a second. But what types of things? Let's start yeah. with the physical side of things. Yeah, um, I remember when I showed up to, because you have to try out for these teams. They don't just, like, let anyone on. Um, rightly so, right? I don't think anyone should be allowed to be on these teams. Um, but I showed up, uh, and, you know, all the current SWAT guys are the ones who are running the show. And, you know, they see me, and they were like, you got to be fucking kidding, Pips Week. What are you doing, right? Like, <laughs> And so it was, I got smoked, right? And I remember they said, uh they gave me the shield, which is um, rifle rated. So like no rifle ammo can get through it. And they were like, all right, Kessler, run the shield for this drill. And that thing was as big as I was. And I was like, like dropping it, not, not able to carry it. And I'm just like, okay, we, we can't be out here doing this. Like I need to, I need to make a change. So, and that was, that was when I realized like, I really needed to step it up because I wasn't going to be able to, if I had one of these 300 pound dudes that I had to be able to drag out in a firefight, I wanted them to know that I could do it. So did you, so now I'm really interested, did you have a, like a Rocky moment and a montage occurred and you started <laughs> to train and you started to hold all the shit going, running through the mountains in the snow? Like what, what, you know, what was your training program? How'd you get in shape? Yeah, so, um, and if you can hear my dog speaking her toy in the background, I'm so sorry. Um, but my, <laughs> my protocols really, it was, um, I worked out with some of the guys, um, but I just gave my coach like what our, what the obstacle course was, like what I had to do. And she kicked my butt for like six months and prep for my next qualification for that. Um, sorry. Can you hear the squeaking? <laughs> okay. Hold on one second. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she kicked my butt. It was a lot of, a lot of pull-ups, a lot of push-ups, um, a lot lot of running um because we you had to have really good you had to have really good cardio cardiovascular system or else you were gonna end up getting smoked um on one of these ops because you could be standing out there for hours at a time you could have to run at a drop of a hat and you had to be ready for it right that's awesome and so how long were you actually a part of SWAT before you decided to did were you always SWAT or did you drop down to beat what how did that process go so I didn't join in probably until about, so I was in law enforcement for five years um, and I didn't join SWAT until probably like two years in. Um, so I was on it for about two years before I left and went to 
a bigger department because my department was very small. Um, and so I went to a bigger sheriff's office and I just wanted to be a beat cop there. So I didn't join. Awesome. So how long were you a beat cop in the sheriff's office before you made your transition to fitness? And what what so what mental challenges did you go through and what was the deciding factor to getting out of law enforcement? Yeah, it was hard because um, I freaking fell in love with the job. I was at the sheriff's office for a year um, and because at my smaller department, um, I dealt with some really bad leadership. Um, I had to push for a lot of policy change. That's actually what I got my master's in is uh, public administration. So I pushed for I pushed for a lot of policy change, got a lot of things changed and decided I wanted to go work for someone I would feel safe and you know, defended by if anything were to happen. And um, so got over there and I, I loved it. Um, but I, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, my coaching business. So while I was at my smaller department, I was coaching on the side. It was just me, myself and I doing it for fun, charging people like 20 bucks a, a month, right? Like literally nothing just to help them get in shape. Um, and so throughout, uh, I started 2021, so throughout that time, um, my roster got full. I hired another coach. Her roster got full, had to hire more coaches. Um, and I was like, crap, you know, I'm working now close to 80 hours a week because I'm in law enforcement. I finished my master's program and I'm running this business. I'm not sleeping. Like I am now letting my physical health go, my mental health go all in the name of trying to do it all. And so unfortunately I had to, make a decision. And it was either the company and just staying where it was, which could have been fine, right? Or, you know, and staying in law enforcement or really just pursuing the heck out of my company and trying to build it and leaving this thing behind that I loved. And I decided, you know, because I'm really big on family and spending that quality time. And like with law enforcement, unfortunately, you miss a lot of holidays, birthdays, events. And so I was like, I'm going to pursue the company. And I went all in and it's been in a couple of weeks, it'll be a year since I went all in with my company. Wow. So, so it's been that recent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So literally when you and I probably first met was probably right around when it either happened or like almost like just happened not too long before. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. I joined NLCA and was like, not making a lot of money. Cause I, Lord knows I didn't know anything about business. I knew how to police and things like that. That was it. Um, and so I joined NLCA and very quickly rose up through uh, their programs and gotten a master coach. And next thing I knew it, I was leading team meetings with, you know, 10 people on the other side. And I was like, well, <laughs> who, who are you in charge? Like, what, what is happening? <laughs> Chad does that to people. And then all of a sudden you're an employee for years. Look at Kayla. <laughs> yep. Yep, <I'm> not. <laughs> exactly. But but Chad runs a good ship, and I, I like what he does. But that's that's yeah. awesome, Ashley. I, I'm so impressed with with just your life and what you've done. Like you literally are definition of a badass. Like I don't know many people that can be a police <laughs> officer, do what police officers do, see what police officers see, and still help people and have the time to do so. Or you know what, put the time into doing so. And you actually just spoke about one of the major lessons that I think is hard for us all to learn is we can't do it all because you're exactly right. We start to sacrifice our own health. And that's something that has happened to me off and on throughout my own career as a professor and coach as well. It's like, cause I've got these two worlds that I absolutely love, that I'm not willing to mm -hmm. give up. 
Um, and, you know, push comes to shove. Sometimes it's absolute hell, um, but I've somewhat tried to find a balance and I'm almost there. <laughs> but, we, we do our best to practice what we preach. <laughs> that's right. And so, but from, from that point then, how is everything shaped with, I almost said evolve, <laughs> with the live? And how is it that, what is it that, here, let me rephrase this question. You gained a hell of a lot of experience as a person and as a badass throughout your time as a police officer. What did you take away from being a police officer now that has helped you with your business and a lot? Absolutely. So a few things. And, you know, I think the one of the biggest thing is just pure dedication and grit. Right. Um, one of the things my old lieutenant would say is, you know, lean forward in the foxhole. So even when things are going to shit and you might not agree with something like keep pushing forward, you're going to come out on the other side and you're going to come out better for it. Um, and so that was one thing. So even when things get hard, you know, and Chad preaches this with an LCA, right, is, you know, successful businesses, when things get tough, they keep pushing, they keep going. Um, you know, businesses that fail kind of pull back and, and let go. And so I've really taken that and implemented it with my business. And um, and then with leadership too, uh, law enforcement, whew, I had some really bad leaders. Um, and then I had some really great leaders. And so I, I learned that the bad leaders, they felt like they had to be feared to be respected. Um, they weren't collaborative. They weren't uh, willing to listen to different points of view. It was their way or the highway. And, um, and then the really good leaders that I had who created really good morale, they were the exact opposite, right? They weren't feared. They were legitimately respected and would listen to their you know, their troops, so to say, right? The boots on the ground. And it was, it was a really good effort or a really good morale in the, in the team. And I took that with my own business and, you know, it doesn't matter if you are a brand new member of the team, if you have a better idea of how something should be ran, tell it to me. I'm not the end all be all, Um, you know, and if you're going to come with criticism, come with solutions, right? Let's, let's really work, work through it. And I think, I've created a really good morale at my company and people who want to show up and work and love what they do and love our team. I love that, Ashley. Do you guys have a set of principles or values that are specific to Alive that you set a standard to that you also instill into your own employees? And if so, what are they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, we have a few different, you know, Chad calls them core tenants, right? Um, we first know one being mission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I know. That's what Chad tells me. He's like, you need, you need to start preaching it to your people more. Um, and you know, and it's true. Like the one of them or the first one is mission first, right? You know, really show up for your team and it's gonna, it's gonna pay off for you in the end. Right. Um, if you notice someone is falling behind, um, don't, you know, don't kick them while they're down, figure out how we can work together and pick them all up and, uh, and help them get through it. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I always joke that my therapist wouldn't be happy about my second one, but great. Isn't good enough. Um, always be wanting to innovate, taking accountability for yourself. I swore I will never be a micromanager. Um, and so holding yourself to high accountability is is huge and key for that. So I don't fe- have to feel like I have the need to micromanage and check in constantly. And then lastly, do the right thing. That came from law enforcement. Um, I, the good leader that I had always said, you know, you could royally fuck something up, but be honest about it. 
And that's, that's what I tell my team. You know, if you mess up something with a client and just piss someone off, tell me about it and let's work through it. But I, if I find out you lied to me about it, that's going to be a whole different story. You're probably going to, probably going to go. Um, I'm willing to work through almost anything. Just be honest. Extreme ownership. I absolutely love it. That's a Jocko Willink lesson right there. I love his story that does exactly that. People trust you more when you tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I have that book on my, uh, on my shelf. I just haven't read it yet. Extreme. <laughs> just watch the TED talk. <laughs> It's basically basically everything that's there. Let's be honest, self-help books. Um, I've bought way too many. Um, But so now I want to get more personal to you as far as, as Mm -hmm. the leader of Alive, what habits do you commit yourself to each and every day? But before we even get to that, let's talk about non-negotiable values. And so this is something that I've discussed with everyone at Evolve. It's something I've discussed at the university as well. I used to be really, really big on telling all my athletes and clients, you have to have non-negotiable habits if you want to be successful. But lately, I've actually changed my tune on that just a hair. And I've gone more in the direction of non-negotiable values. Values can be non-negotiable for the rest of your life. Habits, however, sometimes you're in a specific season where you might have to do things a little bit differently, where you have to make things work that are still going to fulfill those values that you have, but they might not need to be those specific habits. Say summertime, Ashley, you just got married. All right. You're with the man, Mr. Matthew. All right. And you guys went off and had a great, wonderful time. All right. There's times in life for some things and there's times in life for others. And so what I want to ask you are, what are your non-negotiable values? And then what are the negotiable habits that you try to commit yourself to each and every day that not only make you the greatest Ashley, but the greatest leader for a life? Ooh, I haven't thought about like my non-negotiable values. You're the first person who's like posed that specifically to me. Um, but when it comes to like non-negotiable habits, um, really just, I mean, core basic things I do every day, you know, wake up um, before I get on my phone and start like diving into emails and, you know, seeing what clients need and what my employees need and things like that. I'm going to take the time to spend time with myself, with my dog, get ready for the day um, and really just like have breakfast and hang out. Um, And then, you know, movement is a big, big part of my day, movement and sunshine. Um, I found that if I can take a break throughout the day, go get some sunshine and chill out um, mentally, I'm in a much better place and more productive. Um, And then exercise, right? I mean, I, I joke and everyone in the gym space, I feel like jokes that gym is their therapy. It is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, I, when I find myself slipping off, which I definitely did in this season. And like you said, in the season of life with like wedding move, everything like that. Um, I started to feel like I was losing control of a lot of things. I was like, okay, I need to get back. And my first things that I did was morning routine workouts. And then bedtime routine, right? Instead of scroll doom scrolling on TikTok for hours, you know, <laughs> reading a book or <laughs> or getting a late night walk in, you know, you've really gotten my mind turning with like the circadian rhythm and like <laughs> getting your body in sync with all of that. And so I've really, I really changed a lot what I do with like especially my nighttime routine to make. I me love that. Good. I love that you've gotten value from that. You know, it's the little things <laughs> made my day. But I, I am absolutely with you. Not only have I started doing this with all my clients and athletes, but I got to do it for me. Because if, if I don't take that time before working with the 
God, 60 people I work with every single week on top of my 70 students at EKU. It's like, ah. <laughs> it's like I go a little crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's starting to get to the point where I even tell people now, it's like, hey, you know, take five minutes for yourself, even between Zoom meetings if you can. Like, yes. just take five minutes to do a little bit of breath work and just bring yourself back to the foray because you're thinking about this, 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 and that. What you eating for dinner? What your husband just did? What, what the dog just did on the floor? Oh my God, I didn't make that sale. And all of a sudden, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Um, and so yeah. you got to, you got to really put that time for yourself. I love that quote. You got to put some time for yourself um, or you go crazy. And, you know, I've been, talking with a lot of high performance, like high level execs. And, you know, I asked them, you know, cause I'm, I'm trying to be mentored by more and more people up in that area. And, you know, I asked them, how the hell do you do what you do and manage all the things that you have on your plate? And they literally say, I first hour of the day is for me. And then I take a five minute break in between things in the middle of the day. And it's the same thing at nighttime. It's like that way you can stay fresh more often throughout the day. It's when you go eight hours of zoom meetings without a break, and then you burn out and you're fatigued and you're like, you're, you're wondering to yourself, what the hell's wrong with me? It's like, well, I can see what's wrong with you. You're not taking anything yeah. for yourself. So I love that you do that. I love that you get the sunshine. Um, what other what other things and skills do you have that you teach your, your clients or your employees when they are over encumbered or when they feel like they're out of control? So like for your example, you just told everyone here that, you know, when you go through a season like that, you know, you start to lose control. What are the first things you do to regain that control? Because I think that's a big challenge that not only I've dealt with, that us at Evolve have dealt with and other coaches around have dealt with. How do you deal with that challenge? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think sometimes we get so in our head because like you said, you know, you're it's like mass, <laughs> mass hysteria when everything's going on. And it's like one, if you try and think of like the workout that your coach has planned for you to do, maybe for instance, like, like, oh, that's just one more thing. And so what I'll do with my clients is, um, or I'll have my coaches tell their clients, you know, okay, let's get back to basics, right? Let's not worry about, hey, let's hit this strength session and this run and let's do it at this pace and like be so regimented with it. Get out and move in a way that makes you feel good. So like for me, what that looked like is I got back um, after we settled in from our move and I got back and I told my coach, I was like, I'm not following your workouts. Cause right now that feels like a barrier. It feels like I can't even, and I'm, I'm a freaking coach. And for me, it was tough. Right. And so I said, look, I know it's not great for my marathon training to take a week off, but I'm taking a week off and I'm going to move in a way that feels good. I did, you know, different hit circuits. Cause I really enjoy them. I did, you know, just like long walks focused on my steps and my water and took the pressure off of specific training for a goal and it got me back into my groove and got me back to feeling good. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is just taking off the expectations from yourself and giving yourself grace to ease back into it and just get back to doing what you like. And then once you're ready to be more regimented, do that. That's perfect. And I love how you said grace, because I think so many people, especially coaches, are way too damn hard on themselves. And they, yes. they have to, because I'm a coach, I have to be perfect. Damn, we're not perfect at all. <laughs> at all. It's like, never meet your heroes, kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, co- co- coach, coaches, are, coaches are actually fantastic. You know, out of all, everyone that I have met at Evolve, at NLCA, you guys that I've all met with the master coach calls and everything, you're all just wonderful people. Like, just 
And, you know, it's, it's those types of people that give back the most and give the most value. And so, and I, I want to tell you that I appreciate you 1000% um, because people that understand that people need that grace are individuals who understand hardship and understand what it's like to go through hell. And I'm sure with everything that you've seen in your experience, both on both sides of law enforcement and fitness that you've seen hell. And so um, you're able to show people that, Hey, it's, it's going to be okay. Give yourself a day. Right. Absolutely. And I, and, you know, I've had people tell me before, you know, they, they say, I came to you. I wanted you to, I wanted you and your coaches to be my coach because you're transparent about the things that you go through. And it's not just, you know, perfection all the time. And you share like, when you've gained 10 pounds because life got really hard and that you're struggling with body image issues sometimes. And I think in the coaching space, we really could do a better job of sharing those things and being transparent because for someone who is new and wanting to ask for help, I feel like it is extremely hard to reach out to the fittest person you see on Instagram and be like, get help. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. And that, that takes some, that takes some balls for lack of a better word. It takes a lot of courage sometimes to ask for help. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Yeah. People that need help the most aren't ever going to ask for it. And that's the sad part. No. You know, I really wish more and more people would with no. getting into more about alive. Tell me more about alive specifically. Who do you cater to? Who is your, your target niche? And you know, what is your goals and objectives for your particular company with the people that you're working with? Absolutely. Um, so I'm sure this will shock you. Uh, we work with a lot of law enforcement military. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> law enforcement, military, um, nurses, um, and just anyone who is very career oriented and struggles with like jam packing their day and not taking enough time for themselves. And I've noticed that we're also starting to get to work with a lot more stay-at-home moms because, gosh, they're the worst about taking time for themselves mm -hmm. and making sure that they're pouring into their own cup. And um, But really, our goal is to teach them that it's okay to take a break throughout the day, right? You don't need to be go, 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 and that you'll actually be so much of a higher performer if you're able to take some stuff off your plate and and relax. And, you know, and I tell them when you're not worried about oh my God, if I eat this, I'm going to gain weight. Or if I don't get this workout in, like things are going to go horribly. If you can take away that constant nagging in the back of your head, you have so much more um, mental space to attack any of the other problems you have, whether that be, you know, on a call as a law enforcement officer or working on an op in the army or, um, you know, dealing with the a million appointments you have as a mom, you're so much more capable to do those things by taking care of yourself first. 1000% agree with that. What are your goals for Alive? Where do you see Alive going in the next five, 10 years? Man, that is a, that's something I'm still figuring out. Honestly, you know, Chad says like, figure out what kind of business you want. Do you want one that's going to like grow to the moon or do you want one that's a little more intimate and like you have a close knit team and Right now, I'm in the grow to the moon phase. Um, I want to, <laughs> I want to keep bringing on, I want to keep bringing on coaches and things like that for probably that's probably my like five year plan, ten year plan. Um, you know, I do eventually want to have a family, and I want things to slow down a little bit so I'm able to still have my baby, my company, right, but be able to take a lot more time off and focus on 
you know, raising a kid and spending more time there versus in meetings. And, you know, sometimes I do work 12 hour days and I want to be able to take more of that time back to myself. Right. I love that. That's also the phase that I'm in as well with my own career because now that <laughs> it's uh-huh. coming in hot, um, this isn't yeah. even a wedding ring. It's an aura ring, but you know, it's just looking to oh, the Oh, we can talk about the aura ring because I've been looking at them. <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, but I'm, I'm at that stage as, as too, like I told Kelly, you know, just like, Hey, we're engaged. You know, if there's any time to go all in and go crazy with, with EKU and evolve, like now's the time, like, you know, because as soon as we have babies, like I'm stepping back and I have no choice but to reduce my load in ways so that I can be there for my kids. Cause that's the part of life I've always looked forward to. Like that's always, cause I'm Absolutely. big dad's one of 11, Kelly's mom's one of nine, like we want a big family. And so like kids wow. is something okay. that we look forward to. Like, especially as we just locked down our wedding date and I've already had discussions on. So when are we starting? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I need a break. Yeah, welcome. welcome to, no, Chris, you, you did it by getting down on one knee. So buckle up. <laughs> like that was like the first question, not only Adam Kelly's mouth, but everybody else's. And I was just like, holy shit. So can you just imagine me doing all my Zoom calls with just like a mini Chris or like a mini girly Chris right next to me? But just, oh, right, just, right. I know. Can't, can't wait for those days. <laughs> Um, but as far as, you know, not to get too off topic, the aura ring, you know, has been super valuable and offering so, so much great information, um, that coaches can use to help their clients as well, especially when it comes to the being overburdened thing that we were just discussing. And it really allows you to see, okay, the things that I'm doing are going against my recovery. And in an age where so many coaches and not just, not just clients and athletes, but coaches themselves wear themselves out to death. Take a look at your HRV, take a look at your, you know, your, your sleep scores and look at the habits that you're doing. And that'll tell you right then and there that you're doing way too much and that your ability to recover and adapt to what you're doing is not going to be optimal. And so it's, it's really, really important yeah. that everything we've discussed today, um, people usually, you know, adapt to that. So, yeah, you want a $50 code? I think John Dobbs can hook you up. So we'll give him a message. <laughs> I think he's, like, he's an affiliate or something. Um, or, or he just bought one and then got a code. I don't know. Um, but, but there's a way to help you out. But yes, highly, highly recommended. You know, Ashley, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. I've been wanting to interview you for a very long time. And no doubt, I definitely want you to come back when we have law enforcement specific related talks. But if you have had one resounding quote or principle that you live by or that you tell others, what would be that quote or principle? Yeah, I actually have it written on my whiteboard beside me. So it's a constant reminder, but the only way you fail is if you stop trying, right? You don't fail because you fall short. You don't fail because, you know, you don't reach the goal in the timeline. You fail the moment you stop and every, every, you know, slip up and thing like that is just a lesson learned and how to do better the next time and not to beat yourself up. That's what I live by. I absolutely love that, Ashley. That is super, super cool. And I'm definitely going to save that one for later and maybe even make the title out of that. We'll see for, for this episode. But I would love for our audience to learn more about you. And if they're interested in learning more about Ashley and Alive, where can they find more information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my website's alivebyashley.com. Uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram, it's Ashley K. Trawick, T-R-A-W-I-C-K. Um, or Alive by Ashley on Instagram as well. You can come check it out. Awesome, Ashley. I really, really appreciate you being here. 
Do you have any final pieces of advice for coaches who are going through the everyday challenges of running their companies and trying to make the most of not only their own lives, but giving back to others? What would you tell them? Absolutely. Uh, your to-do list will always be there. Okay. Take the time for yourself. Um, push something to the next day if you need to and go, go get a workout and you'll feel better. You'll be able to show up better for your people. That's exactly what I did today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much for being here. For all of us at Evolve, we thank you for stopping by today and checking out the Evolved Athlete Podcast. If there was something that you really enjoyed out of today's episode, we want to implore you to please tag us, take a snapshot, uh, whatever your favorite quote was, put it into your story and tag us. And you might just be put into a drawing for free coaching from Evolve. We also have an application right down below here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts that you can access. Send an application and you might participate and be able to get that free month of coaching. This has been Coach P and Ashley Trawick. We'll see you guys in the next one. We're out of here. If you liked today's episode, please be sure to drop a like, share it with all your friends, and give us a great review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to work with the best in the business, please be sure to head over to all of our social media webpages at Evolve Health and Performance. Us at Evolve are trying to make you the best athlete of all time and realize your full potential. Stay tuned for all future episodes where we bring you the best guests and features for everything health, fitness, and wellness. For everything Evolve, stay tuned. Coach P's out.